What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. It's Chris Amania, brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man, oh, with the powerful you. questions. <laughs> Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! Welcome back to another one. Thanks for being here. Thanks for hanging out. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. And since these Q&As were so much fun when we did them live on YouTube, I thought you might appreciate being able to hear them in the podcast version. Audio only. Uh, Now you can listen whenever you want, wherever you want, because maybe you weren't able to watch live as this happened on YouTube. Or maybe you just don't feel like watching an hour-long YouTube video, which I completely get, because that's the whole reason the podcast was created. That's the whole reason I was like, you know what, I should take these interviews and make them available in the podcast. And Here we are. We're almost coming up on a year. We're at like nine months. The podcast is nine months old. So thanks for being here. And, you know, we're making the best with everything that's going on in the world right now. I hope that you're staying safe and staying healthy. And as much as I love being able to do interviews in person and I love traveling around and make those happen, I appreciate the measures that are in place right now so that things can get back to normal as quick as possible. So until then, virtual interviews it is. And lots of weird posts on my Instagram, at Chris Van Vliet. Hope you don't mind. Uh, while you're sitting at home with nothing to do other than binging Tiger King or Love is Blind on Netflix. Love is Blind is so bad, by the way. Like, they're getting engaged after knowing each other for four days. Well, four dates, I should say. It's four dates of talking to a wall. Yeah, it's just terrible. But while you're sitting at home... Take a few seconds to leave a review uh, for the show on Apple Podcasts. It'd be so, so helpful. Like this one from Dan2494 in Great Britain. Awesome podcasts is the title of this. These are the most interesting wrestling interviews out there. Chris is such a talented interviewer. Definitely check this out. Well, thank you, Dan. It's very nice. Thanks for listening. And thank you to you. Yeah, no, to you. Like, not Dan. Like, to you. Because without you... The podcast would not exist. Like my mom might listen, but like that would be it. So I appreciate you hanging out for these conversations. And, you know, if you watched my first interview with Enzo, it was a few months ago, you'll know that he has a lot to say. So what better forum than a live chat on YouTube for him to get it all out there? And he talks about a lot here, including why he thinks WrestleMania should be canceled. He gives an update for us on Big Cass. Talks about his two runs as the cruiserweight champion, his run in 
at Madison Square Garden with Ring of Honor, New Japan, and everything that kind of happened after that. And so, 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 so much more. So here you go. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. It's Enzo. Well, what do we got over here, everyone? How you doing? Here we go. Thank you so much for joining us for live chat, hanging out here with the real one, hanging out with Enzo Amore. I got to ask you first, how's everything my going? Dog, my dog, Kilo. Come here, Key. Uh oh. Oh, we got to look at this. Watch this. Sit, stay. No. Don't move. How long can he hold it there? How? I, you tell me. I the whole hour? Can hold it there all interview. Get no it. way. <laughs> yeah, he could, man. He could. So people are going to be uh, sending their questions in here. We'll put them up on you the see, screen. You Please see me right now? It. You see me? Look at that. Wow. Rookie of the year right here. Brian Pillman Jr. Now, listen, Brian Pillman Jr., uh, he, had, he had the luxury of meeting my dog, Kilo, a couple times. He's my best friend. I've driven across the country with him, bro. He's, wow. he's a good dude. He's a good man. He holds me down here. And I'm glad I got to meet him. on hand, you know, it's, it's a good thing to have. When people come knocking on your door for toilet paper, I think they think twice when a six-foot-tall uh, white German shepherd stands at the door <laughs> barking. You know what I mean? I think this might be the best question to uh, start off with here. It's from David Nagy. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> oh man you know listen i gotta say something okay listen um I, I don't do any research you know i just know shit okay all right i just know shit and how do i know things how i'm gonna tell you how um i'm the guy on this planet that when people recognize me they instantly say one thing how you doing <laughs> I'm that guy. <laughs> so you couldn't imagine how often, you know, people see me in public and, you know, they see the hair or they recognize me. And it's just, how you doing from across the street? You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, what happens is the reason why I know so much shit is because I um, never shy away from a conversation. So in life, um, I embrace all uh, fans that come and, and approach me. I think it's I, it still humbles me. It's mind blowing that I'm a recognizable you know person like this. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, I don't. You know what I mean. I know it's you... fast and uh, any opportunity to answer that question, how you do, and I do it genuinely. So uh, it also might be one of the greatest chants in wrestling, bro. It's funny. We just got off the phone. Um, I sent you a private link to a match. Um, now, you'll get an opportunity to see it whenever you do. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say when you watch this match, right, you can you can listen to it and not even watch it, okay? And you're going to say this is the greatest live event tag team match I've ever seen. Now, for the and fans that aren't going to see this, can you tell them who's in the match? Dash and Dawson versus Enzo and Cass in NXT. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think there was a blood feud rivalry. And if you ask me honestly, when I watch the product on television, um, if ever I do, you know, I don't watch WWE product if, ever, mm -hmm. ever. But um, Dash and Dawson, I can honestly say, are two of the greatest wrestlers as a tag team duo ever. Not, not of old, not, you know, Road Dog, Jesse James, Pat S. Billy Gunn, not the Legion of Doom. I'm talking about ever. I'm talking wow. about up there, like like ever, ever. Now, people can say what they want, but they've never been in the ring with them and put their life in these guys' hands 
and had these guys execute on a dime just the, the height of a crowd. There's a there's a point in this match that I have, right? Where I, was, I just watched this match because I got uh it's it's a private link that I have. It's old. Now I haven't watched wrestling in a long time, like me, just watching me wrestle. But I, I right. did last night a live on my Instagram where I watched uh Mind Games 96, In Your House 10, Mankind versus Shawn Michaels. So that was the first time I ever did that where I allowed fans to hear my Yeah, you were like doing commentary on it. Yeah, so to say. But um, I watched this match, and there was a point in the match, right? Now, it wasn't a lull. There wasn't a lull in this match. But we mean there was a dip because there wasn't much movement. There was just sure. – I was on the cell, and uh, we were just getting into the heat. And Dawson was – you know, it was a point in the match where we're in the opener, and these people are apeshit book wild. And they are chanting like lunatics. And I'm down – and I'm not moving. I'm staying at bay. Okay, brother. I am. I might reach for the tag, but that's it. I'm not going to get up on your ass and try to run or nothing. And rather than run a spot or hit me with a move or do anything, Dawson just stands over me, takes a look at the crowd, 360 nearly with his neck, and just wrenches my nose with a stiff <laughs> arm. Right? But he didn't even touch me. But I just sold it like he ripped my nose off. And it got a reaction louder than the finish on most matches. Wow. And I was like, bro, how good is this dude? Right. Like, how fucking good is this dude? Like, in that moment, he could have went a million different ways, ran a spot. I know, if they could, they could say one word to me, those guys, and, and we have enough. I got five spots that we can run based off one word. You say, watch the elbow, and I'm going to fucking hit the ropes and duck three and do a baseball slide and jump over your head, and then you're going to fucking hit me with the elbow. Like, with i work these guys every single night right. thursday friday saturday all over the world in a blood feud rivalry at a time where nxt was just on the come up like we with this was the first ever show in chicago for nxt well that was the it was the opening match so when you open the first ever show in nxt in chicago imagine crowd. how hot that crowd yeah. is so when i say that this is the greatest Live event tag team match. I don't necessarily talk about the guys that are in the ring. I'm talking about the crowd, bro. Right. Well, let's get to some uh, questions here. We got a whole bunch of them pouring in here for you, Enzo. Uh, we'll start off Bang. with let's go. Super Chat from Stock Monkey Mike. I have a question for Enzo, but my question is, during your Cruiserweight Championship runs, which run would you be most proud of and why? And thank you, Mike, for the Super Chat. Uh, My 205 run? What do you mean? You are two, you're two cruiserweight There's champions. There's only one run over there. <laughs> um, I mean, if, if we're talking about, like, what in comparison to, uh, you know, my whole career. Um, I get, you know, you had two two championship runs as a cruiserweight champion. Oh, shoot. Yeah, that, which one did you that, prefer? I'm going to run starts and stops. <laughs> uh, man, I'd have to say – uh the work i was putting in at the end uh my last day on the job was the first ever uh 205 live tour um the the only one to my knowledge uh and um to be able to you know headline a main event with a title around your waist um whether it was nxt or you know fcw or you know new japan aew i don't care what promotion it is um 
you know, we were at a point in time where they were going to cancel 205 Live. And I, I stepped in and told Vince that I wanted to, to uh, work with Neville so that he could get the opportunity to get back onto the main roster and stop carrying his workload. He was my best friend and the hardest working man in pro wrestling for a year, you know, having working Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you know, we all went home on Monday. But um, with that being said, um, you know, the second part of the run had me on tour with those 205 Live guys that would normally be, uh, you know, only flown into TV right. on on Monday and Tuesday. Now we're wrestling on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I'm in the headline match in the main event, and I got a, uh, I got an opportunity for not not see when you're a wrestler. I personally believe, especially when you get to a level where you're uh, on television, that. You have to prove it to yourself. It's not about the fans. It's not about Vince. It's not about anyone. And I never had that opportunity to be in a main event match with a title around my waist, main eventing a tour that I was the headline of. So when I did it, I proved it to me. You know what I mean? Because I didn't know I could do that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. how, do you, how do you know until you do something whether or not you can do it? And I never got that opportunity. And it just so right. happened that the uh, last two matches of my career were those opportunities. And yeah. Uh, that that's how you how you uh, end a run. If, if, so I, I'll take it. <laughs> well, we got so many questions here, so let's just let's get to these. We'll fire them off here. This is a quick one from Ozzy. Thank you for the super. There's never going to be a quick answer to any question with me, and you're going to have to learn that as the interviewer, bro. <laughs> I'm All aware right. of this. I'm I aware you. of this. You're, you're great at your job. Good luck. <laughs> Ozzy says, "What was it like working the Hardys at WrestleMania?" I mean, coolest day of my life. <laughs> might be the shortest answer we get yet too yeah um i've never watched that i've never seen it i have never i remember uh it at the wrestlemania hotel the night after that night uh at wrestlemania we have a big party after in the hotel but then everybody's got to wake up and do raw the next day so nobody's going too hard the they were replaying wrestlemania in the background and I remember like being with the people I loved, like my mom and my dad and a few people and somebody pointing out like, Oh, Eric, look, 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 look. And I turned and glanced and I just turned right back around and I looked back at my mom and dad and I was like, we don't need to watch that. Like we're right here. Wow. And, uh, I have never to this day seen my WrestleMania match. Uh, I know Cass has seen it a million times, <laughs> man. It was the greatest feeling in the world to to uh i loved the hardy boys as a kid to a way like jeff particularly his action figure um <laughs> he had yeah I, I was a big action figure mark hold on one second okay you're getting, you're getting a real answer here ozzy look at this there wow oh my god rowdy piper's taking suplex like see this is we'll make brian pillman jr brian pillman jr meet brian pillman you feel me <laughs> um so I just I just felt like uh, yeah, oh wait, what happened there? Did I, I was yeah I'm, I'm I'm the director over here. I'm like Steven Spielberg making it. Oh, make you can make it big and small. You oh, me out. I can do it all. So I wanted to show off the the action figures. Uh that was lit. Um, so yeah, I I uh, I loved Jeff Hardy as a kid. Uh, you know, and then at at that point in time, um, you know, you couldn't have anticipated the Hardys making a comeback into the WWE. Yeah. And timing is everything in life, and it's proven true in my life. I've had incredible timing. 
gotten extremely lucky. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was the most surreal moment of my career meeting them, meeting the Hardy Boys beforehand, having the match with them, and then directly after that, I went on a two week tour of Europe and wrestled those guys every single night. Wow! So, uh, you know, bent my elbow with them boys and, and had a couple <laughs> drinks on the bus and heard some incredible stories. It was surreal, man. It was cool. This is a quick one from Tim Carver. Tim Traver that just says, Enzo, thank you for kicking me out of my darkest time. Amen, brother. Hail Mary full of grace. You know, thank you for that. That was amazing. There you, go. <laughs> you know, uh, you know I, I, for anybody who's here, just know, you know what I mean? Uh, there's Life's got highs and lows. Right now is a very extremely tough time for a lot of people. And I recently posted on my Instagram, I think it was yesterday morning, you know, uh, you know, I lost my grandmother a year to the day, uh, two days ago, and I couldn't imagine being in a situation where the reason why she might die is because I touch her or be around her. Um, and that, to me, is so heart-wrenching and heartbreaking. So I've been getting on my knees and praying for the world, literally. Uh, you know, I'm not ashamed to say I'm a man of God, but at the same time, dude, I'm not holy art thou. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But I believe in a good prayer, bro. So send it my way. I'll keep saying it for the world. Thank you. Stu's Wrestling Podcast says, who in WWE did you not get a chance to work with that you really wanted to work with? And thank you, Stu, for the super chat on here. One-on-one? -on -one, like it's up to you. Deal? It's your interview. Uh, I, I, that's a question that if I was there might be different than if I look at it in retrospect right now. Like if I were to work a guy right now in the WWE, I, I there's really, I look up and down the roster. I've worked every single one of those guys for the most part. You know what I'm saying? But if I, I had an opportunity to get in the ring and go one-on-one -on -one with somebody in yeah. front of, you know, a big crowd on TV, probably Roman. Okay. Wow. It could still happen, right? I highly doubt it, buddy. I have no, you ain't getting me. You know, you want to work Roman on TV and be in a big spot, you're going to have to, you know, work, you know, that schedule of 200, 300 days on the road. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think the matchup would pop the fucking roof off a of place. Yeah. I just think the roof would blow off. And that's all I care about is, 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 is reactions. You know, right. I don't think about a wrestling match and say, oh, like I would like, God, if it was like work somebody one on one in front of a huge crowd, like give me Dasher Dawson, tear the fucking roof off. Like that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. But if you talk about like, OK, you want to get that Hogan rock feel, try to build this thing as big as you can. I have the poster right here. That's what I mean, man. There you know, is. You want to make you want to, that's the reaction. That's a reaction. And uh and and I think that that would be a, a fun build and a, and a and a and a fucking huge, a huge payday. <laughs> so that's why I would love to do it. Realist King official wants to talk a little bit about your music. Says Enzo, what's up? It's Vinny. I met you in Baltimore. My question is, what's your favorite song you've dropped, and when are we getting more music? Uh, my favorite song I dropped is 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 Phoenix or Grace. Uh, I think you get the heel and you get the baby face. But if you're really listening to the message, you're getting a baby face on both ends. Um, you know, so I, I think the amount of heart and work that I put into Phoenix, filming the music video and, and 
timing up dropping that song and then those you know five thousand people that came to Times square that day to meet me the night i dropped that music video was also you know i i that that's right up there next to wrestlemania if not the greatest day of my life you know so phoenix will always be all time it's my first song that came out the gate with and uh you know when people see me sometimes they say lyrics from it that are fucking hilarious no way you know what i mean like people i can't even tell you like as many how you doings as i get in meet and greets i get as many people whisper like not whispering in a weird way but they don't want to say it loud but like, i know the line you're talking about and so does everybody yeah, else. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, consensual penis. there it is you why you had you said it and i didn't consensual penis line. the consensual penis line got people good man that one popped people <laughs> i live for a pot so that's it man dead and old wants to know if that sign behind you does it say if money isn't everything go work at mcdonald's he says where does yeah, that come from? also mcdonald's are closed over here so can you send over a big mac <laughs> bro wolf of wall street you ever see the movie wolf of wall street of course. from that yeah man these people are great uh they're called iconic and they, oh, yeah. they make signs I've seen that on Gary page. i'm gonna give them a free plug see you've got the money never sleeps Success, Benjamin Franklin. You got a lion over here. Say how you doing, Kurt Russell? <laughs> we got a bear. And hey, we're gonna make this big as well. There we go. Dustin Rhodes, baby. So nice. Got okay. So, iconics, iconics. But you know, I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. So we slap that every day on the way out of the house. You know what I'm saying? You you got it all there. I Curse of Maynard says, tell us about your Jesus tattoo. What's about my Jesus tattoo? Tell us about your Jesus tattoo. Uh, I drew it myself with my hand when I was 19 years old. It's my third tattoo on my body. Uh, the first tattoo I got was Bridgie, my aunt. My uh, I had an aunt that I grew up with who went to church every single day of her life. And when she passed away, they put a gold uh, plaque on the plue that pew that had her birth, her date of birth and the day she passed away on it um my grandmother was a eucharistic minister so she would serve communion at church i grew up oh, raised okay. catholic mm -hmm. stand up sit down and i was a really bad kid who grew up in the youth group so you know when they send bad kids that ain't good in school to church you know what i'm saying and uh god has always been such a huge part of my life um i think that people probably wouldn't know this and and maybe some of the wrestlers don't know this that i worked with but before every single match that cass and i had uh we would say a hail mary or an our father uh you know um, wow. so you know i'll, I'll say one for y'all hail mary full of grace lord is with thee blessed art thou among women blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god pray for sinners now into the hour of our death amen that was for the world. Anyone that's a fan of mine, I appreciate it. I reciprocate that energy uh, when I get on my knees at night. So thank you. I didn't definitely didn't expect that to you know to hear that during our interview, but I guess anything can happen with Enzo. Bridgie, Bridgie was mentally disabled, so um, she had the mind of like a ten-year-old child. The woman that uh, so my mother took care of her, and so she, I grew up with her. And when you're a person growing up with somebody with special needs, they're your best friend when you're a child. And then when you get to a point where you're like 11, 12, 13 years old, you start realizing, oh, wait, like we got to take care of her. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I was 17 years old when Bridgie passed away. Um, but 
that experience was all time for me to have this best friend as a child and then to grow up with that and then to suffer that loss uh, before I had my opportunities to get into the WWE, as you know, they've worked with so many. We have so many fans that are mentally disabled in pro wrestling. Um, and I take opportunities to meet, engage, hug those people in my meet and greet lines, take pictures. And uh, those are the best fans you've got. And those are the best people. The reason why my aunt went to church every day is because she didn't know any better. But she didn't know what evil was. Mm. So who was winning? You or me? Like, mm. I mean, what are we talking about? Right. She was living a pure mental state that an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old child has without the insecurities, you know, the uh, you know, IRS, taxes, money, working for this. You know, she lived off food stamps and, and she got some help from the government. And at the same time, she got help from a huge family. So God is huge in my family and it'll it'll never stop being a part of me. I know Big Cass. I spoke with him yesterday. God is a huge influence in his life. Now, last I heard he was building a church in Africa. So let's move to the next topic. Okay. Enough, enough of me plugging Jesus as much as I love the guy. Well, I mean, uh, there's been a lot of questions here about Big Cass, like this one from Sam Stational. Is Big Cass doing better? He's doing so good. He's killing it. He's killing it. He's killing it. He just, he's smart. Like, listen, Moses needed to walk away from the pharaohs of Egypt for 40 days before he came back, all right, to get the pharaoh out of his brain. And what do I mean by the pharaoh out of his brain? We live in a world where you're manipulated by a tube and or a feeling, uh, you know, where people are literally subscribing to the notion that they need to feel some type of way based on their environment. And their environment is constantly thrown in their face. You know, those bright lights on the side of a highway that ask you to go, you know, eat this bad food, that McDonald's that we talked about. But don't worry, when you're feeling big, we got an anti-inflammatory at Walgreens that will sell you right down the road, okay? This is a synchronized endeavors of big business and corporations to make you feel pretty shitty. And I don't watch the news for that reason. If you want to hear it real, you can tune into my podcast, which will be launching very soon, Chris. I'll take the free opportunity. Absolutely, your platform. Yeah, man. Uh, so, you know, I just ah, and go on for a million days, you know. <laughs> Virtual Valentino. How is Big Cass? Big Cass is defeating the nuances of a Western civilization, a world that uh, people walk around feeling inferior to the next man. I got news for you. I was calling myself a certified G and a bona fide stud in this, that, and the third. That was a character I played. But the real man who was on the other side of the curtain was just as confident. Okay? Confidence is not a coincidence. It's 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 a it's 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 worked on. Okay? You need to feel and understand who you are and be okay with that. You you know, it's just what Dusty Rhodes said to me, man. What an inspiration, Dusty Rhodes. Just this big human being walking around in his underwear out in front of people, shaking his shit, going like this, bro. Just boom. And the crowd's going nuts. And all he's doing is this, right? And he's just talking with a lift. And people love it. Why? Because you can be good, you can be bad, or you can be different. And that's what he said to me the first day that I ever met him. Hmm. And he told me I was different. And I'm going to keep dancing with the girl who brought me to the dance. And I'm never going to stop being me. All right? Different so is the girl I, to the dance. 
that's what I preach to big cast, uh, you know, and it's easier said than done. And people that are dealing with, uh, you know, mental, um, you know, disabilities as well in a different light and, you know, having these diseases, I would call them because that's what they are. They're a disease. I've witnessed it firsthand. There's nothing else you can call it. Alcohol is a disease. It is made by man and put in shelves on every corner of the country and elicited to you through a television and told that it's okay. You know, this is, this is not a WWE hat people. You know, I'm not a drinker. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm a joker. I'm a laugher. I'm a smoker. Okay. But at the end of the day, bro, you know, if you're not hard, no harm, no foul, you know? So mm -hmm. you don't, you hear stories about people getting drunk, driving and getting into accidents and, 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 and you know, vehicular manslaughter ended behind Uh-oh. I, I hope that Enzo hasn't frozen on us here. Enzo, can you still hear us? All right. Enzo is back. He's I back. Know. Now, listen, there's a reason why I was using my other phone. It's because this screen, I have no idea what happened to it. But it, it, but it happened two days ago, and you can't go to the Apple store to get shit fixed. Right your screen looks like it uh, is part of the DX uh, Titantron. Bro, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, everything's well, hey, green man, on your screen. You're back. That's all that matters. It is what it is at this point. I can't. I can't help it. I'm sorry, man. The other. The other phone uh, just died on me. Well, I'm glad you're back. Uh, there was a question here that we had up on the screen that we started to ask, and now I'll put it back up on the screen so we can ask it. Man, I got to scroll through. Man, we a lot of questions here. Thank you to everyone who's been participating and asking these questions. It's really cool, bro. I this is fun. Maybe you could come watch me doing on my podcast. So Enzo's gonna have a podcast soon. Yeah, if you if you guys have ever heard of an app called Triller, okay. Now listen, everybody knows about this Corona. It's Chinese virus. Okay, that's not racist. I'm just letting you know it came from China. Just like if I went to go get Chinese food. All right. So with this being said, this virus is the Wuhan virus, right? It came from Wuhan. W U-H-A-N, right? Wuhan, right? Well, TikTok is a Wuhan company. If you use the app TikTok, you are using a Chinese, uh, you know, funded operation, which I don't have a problem with. That's fine. If that's where you want to put your money. I want to put my money right here in America. I don't. I'm a proud patriot, but I also love this world. And what's happening to this world right now is absolutely terrible. So, I'll be using Triller, an app, alongside Instagram to get my world out there uh, in the open on my podcast. So if you don't follow Triller, follow Triller, download Triller, and get ready for the storm, baby. And what's the name of the podcast? Have we announced it yet? How you doing, podcast? <laughs> uh, Virgil Valentino, thank you for the super chat. Please keep these coming in. Keep the questions coming in. Uh, are you excited for any particular match at Mania? I have no idea who's on the card at Mania. I can tell you one match that I've been anticipating for a little while now. All right, and that's Shooter Stevens versus Zicky Dice. Well, Zicky Dice is going to be on the live chat tomorrow. Zicky Dice just followed me on Instagram. I noticed it, and I followed him back. We started uh, liking each other's pictures. So maybe we'll have a conversation with that boy. 
<laughs> Maybe you should join I've our never heard of him. tomorrow. He's, but, he's buddies with my uh, comedian brother. Uh, you know, the, one of the store horsemen, Matt Edgar at the Comedy Store yep. in Los Angeles. Uh, he was the one who put me on to him. So if it wasn't for the fact that we didn't have a mutual friend, I don't really know about wrestlers coming up and out of the you know woodwork. But I do watch NWA Power. So Matt Edgar put me on. He's like, yo, I got a buddy. He was in a pop punk rock band. He was a guitarist. Now he's in NWA. And I was like, all right, I'll look out for him. When I saw him come out, I was like, yeah, that's your boy, bro. <laughs> this guy's awesome. full of charisma, too. Well, he's got like, the, dude, he's just, he's got the 80s vibe going. It, it meets 2020 with all the tattoos. And, and I just love hokey wrestling. So I'm sold, bro. <laughs> King Bling Blah says, what are your thoughts on WWE not postponing WrestleMania 36? It's going to be an empty WrestleMania. Horrendous. You ask for my honest opinion. I have had more wrestling matches in an empty performance. <laughs> and oh my God, I couldn't imagine being told I'm going back there to do WrestleMania. I I mean, I feel for the Baileys and the Charlottes, uh, the Sashas of the world, the, the Corbins and the Elias Sampsons that have had these... So, countless matches uh under that same umbrella literally just like fuck <laughs> yeah i can't wait to pop michael cole sitting ringside <laughs> if i can get a if i can get a fucking you know a pop out of jerry lawler my day will be made here at wrestlemania i know you're not watching a lot of wrestling these days will you be watching wrestlemania Oh, i couldn't i couldn't sit through that man i couldn't sit through a performance center wrestlemania i might just you know, the reason why I say that is because I watched a, a quarter inch of, of, of that fucking, you know, foot-long bullshit they served you guys the other day. Like, I, I mean, I saw that last week, whatever it was, SmackDown, I believe, that they were airing, right? No, SmackDown was there. Raw was there live. That, before yeah. the 316 Raw, okay? Okay. So I, I the, the, the smack, I said I couldn't bring myself, I love Stone Cold more than maybe any wrestler that ever existed. I couldn't bring myself to watch a 316 in the Performance Center just because I know how painful it probably was for him because it was just a payday. Let's just be fucking honest with each other, okay? Like, I'm in this biz, I'm going to call it how I see it. A spade's a spade, motherfucker. Like, that's a payday, all right? Who the fuck wants to get on, on an airplane from coronavirus season from fucking L.A., I don't care if it's a private jet or not, to Orlando, Florida, to go to the Performance Center to fucking drink a beer with Jerry Lawler and get back on that motherfucker. Like, give me a break. Okay, you wouldn't do it for the money? So I said it was a paycheck. <laughs> I would do... What are you talking, money? Now we're talking money. I, I, I'm not talking about me. Okay. I'm talking about watching it. Yeah. Dude, do it for the money? Fuck yeah, I don't hate it for you. Stone Cold, go get paid, brother. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about as a fan, do I want to sit back and watch this, you know, like, it's like, you know, the reason why AEW is so striking right now to so many fans is because of the passion put behind it. It's not a payday. What you I thought was interesting is AEW did their empty arena show and their focus was on what was going on in the ring. The, the, the seats were blacked out, where WWE lit up the seats, basically showing everyone Hey, we're doing this in front of nobody. Wouldn't it be great if it was in front of a studio audience? You can't, 
Yeah, they have to be six feet away from each other. Bro, I know for a goddamn fact that there's a bunch of jerk-offs walking around in suits and ties in the back. You call them writers, and not a goddamn person in the world knows who these people are. So if you got enough extras running around backstage going over promos and shit, put them in the first few rows. I don't know. Like, give me a few fans, right? That's what AEW did. They put the wrestlers in the heard. I heard. I, I, heard. I, know. Yeah. I heard. I heard. Uh, I saw I, – I follow I follow some guys on uh, Twitter. So I see some of it, you know, popping up, and I've been on social media during this quarantine more than I've ever been in my life. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, we I, all are. When I saw the thing that was happening on TV with with SmackDown, I tuned in for a half a second and I turned it off. Uh, the AEW thing I didn't get to see on TV, but I saw snippets of it, and it, it didn't sound half bad. It sounded like marks in the crowd that were at a fucking FCW show in 2011. <laughs> like there's, there's 60 people 30 people in the crowd at those shows before we got you know to chicago and nxt give me a break i mean those shows that we started off at had about as many fans as aew putting those few rows just a quick comment from rye levy from canada thanks for all you do brother greetings from toronto which is my hometown so I will say thank you, Rye. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us today during our co uh, Corona quarantine Q&A. I got one for you for Toronto, all right, boys? Okay. Y'all remember when I wore this? If you're reading this, it's too late. Look at this, man. So what it's happened fixed. here? You'll get this. This is Survivor Series gear. I had the OVO Jordans on. You see those? Wow. OVO Jordans, man, for Drake. Yeah, it's Drake's coming. All right, had the sixes, and then I took my straps down and got a huge pop. Now, you got to understand, that's a planned pop. That's what we call in the biz, a cheap pop. I'm in Toronto. I'm a baby face. Let's get the fucking home crowd here. Yeah. Starboy Star was an album that was dropping that week. That's right. And I was buddies with The weekend. Cash, his manager, and uh, I introduced them to the WWE, literally. And we put Survivor Series soundtrack, that song was Starboy, off the album. Now The weekend is doing WWE again, right? He's the, the premiere song for WrestleMania. Oh, is it? Yeah, he's uh, The weekend song off of his new album is the lead song for WrestleMania. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. How you doing? You're welcome, guys. You know. <laughs> this, is, this is an interesting I'm one. Good here. In the six, boy, I'm good in the six, all right? Abused Lungs 420. Wow, what a username. Who are Enzo's favorite Yankee players? Oh, Derek Jeter. Hands down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Paul O'Neill, Derek Jeter, Tino Martinez, Bernie Williams, uh, David Cohn. David Wells is probably my all-time favorite Yankee. I mean, right. come on, man. I'm Enzo, bro. Like, let's David, David Wells played for my Toronto Blue Jays, too, so I'm with you. Savage man. He's a savage man. Virgil Valentino, uh, I respect y'all's hustle in these times. Enzo, where did you meet Miss Emily, and how did y'all hook up? Oh, shit. What, a, what an oddball question. You would ask that, Chris. I didn't ask it. Uh, let's just say this. You know, when you get when we get hashtag me too, you walk out of that situation with PTSD. All right? You're going to need an NDA. Every time you meet a girl, <laughs> Mike, I have you know, that situation plays weary in your mind when you're a celebrity with a target on your back. So I don't meet women on the internet. I don't do the Tinder game. I don't, I don't, you know, uh, you know, and a lot of celebrities are on these Tinder apps now that, that have like, you know, celebrity driven Tinder apps. Um, 
I was running with my dog down the street uh, on Boulevard East, which is in New Jersey, overlooking New York City. It is one of the greatest views in the world, and I've been around the world five times. Can't tell me enough. Uh, New York City skyline. I run with my I've dog. Seen it. You know, it's a beautiful it's- view from Enzo's place. Yeah, so I'm running, and uh, I tie up my dog, and I'm sitting there where I write my music on a park bench looking at New York City, all right? And while I'm doing that, next thing I know, I'm on Instagram, and I post that I'm there. The police roll up. Uh, the Department of Public Works roll up. All these cars just come out. It turns into a meet and greet. I'm on the side of the road. I'm in New Jersey, and there's like four cops surrounding me and, and a few Department of Public Works workers. And a girl walks by, curious to know why a guy with tattoos and a sleeveless shirt is surrounded by police. And she was kind of just curious. And I had my dog tied up to a park bench. And she went, hey, that's a beautiful dog. Well, coming out of this, you know, Me Too thing, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I was at that point in time not hollering at women. But when you're standing around five police who are eyewitnesses, you can kind of say something. So, she said, hey, that's a beautiful dog. And I said, hey, that's a beautiful face. <laughs> the rest is history. That's wow. how it happened. A week later, I was on a jet to L.A. with her, uh, with Ryan Seacrest's, uh, you know, people uh, and Adam Levine's people. She works for a gym called Dog Pound where she trains celebrities like Justin Bieber and Haley Bieber. Uh, she's a big time celebrity trainer. You can follow her at Emily with two Y's underscore fitness um and i aspire anybody who's out there you know uh there's there was no depths to my shallowness i was out there in the world <laughs> diving headfirst into things that you know were, you know i didn't have a taste boy so uh i had the time of my life um being single but sometimes you need to slow down you need to smell the roses and 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 sometimes you need to do what is best for you and when you have a girl that can hold hand pads for you in a boxing gym you know what wow. I'm saying? Put you yeah. through workouts and introduce you to great people uh, looking out for your best interests. And you meet her on the side of the road with, hey, that's a beautiful dog. Hey, that's a beautiful face. I i don't believe in coincidences. So I just go with the flow. And that was the flow of my life at that time. And this is where I'm at today. So, yeah. Anybody watching this now knows the new pickup line. That's a good dog. It's a good face. Yeah. That was beautiful. It was beautiful. The world was beautiful. All right, let's take a quick time out from that Q&A with Enzo to bring you back to a professional sounding microphone here and to thank our sponsor, Bet Online, because with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might be thinking, you know, there's actually nothing to bet on. Well, <laughs> you'd be wrong because our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. It's all open 24 hours a day, and it's all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, well, you could still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol. You can bet on stock prices. You can even bet on the weather. So visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. It's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, it's your online wagering experts. Mike says, will you ever come back to Toronto? 
greatest city on actually, earth. I was actually supposed to come up there for Santino Morello. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, not him, but uh, his people up there. I was going to do an autograph signing, but it just it didn't work out. FRGN says, what's your thoughts on the revival? Possibly going to AEW, and who do you look forward to seeing them face? Young Bucks. Everybody's going to want to see that match. Why wouldn't I want to see that match? I love Dash and Dawson, and I think that they're two of the best workers in the world, so you could put them in there with two paper bags, and they're going to have a fucking great match. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the Young Bucks, they're a different flavor of ice cream, okay, than Dash and Dawson. And Enzo and Cass were a different flavor of ice cream than Dash and Dawson. You watch Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa work Dash and Dawson, that's a different flavor of ice cream. You just sure. get different matchups, and that's what makes wrestling fun. I think that just the visual of the Young Bucks in the ring with Dash and Dawson is enough to sell out a pay-per-view card. And that's what we pray for. And you know that if you're the other wrestlers on the card, that that's, that's the match that, that is going to sell the house and put people's asses in seats. So everybody should be, you know, wanting to see that as well. I would imagine that the whole roster wants to see those guys go. You're great on the mic. So is MJF. Cardona Rules wants to know, what are your thoughts about MJF? I will tell you one thing. I saw MJF and Cody Rhodes, right, run a spot. And this is another thing that I didn't see the match, okay? But I saw the spot. And MJF is a savage man. He <laughs> took a fucking – he took a vertical suplex from Cody from the inside to the outside, right, or gave it to him. And, and like – and Cody, as he dropped him, like, landed two feet on the ground. <laughs> Bro. If somebody ever tried that or suggested it in the match, good luck, dude. Like, what a savage man. Just doing that alone, if I was, uh, like, a, one of the boys in the back watching the monitor when that happened, he just won me over right there. You know I mean? like, oh, fuck. That's it. You know what I mean? That was fucking crazy. But, I mean, yeah, dude, he's got, he's, he's, he's got it in spades. So, hopefully, you know. Yeah. Uh, he makes a ton of money in that business over there, and, and they need guys in that spot as well that can hold that uh, caliber of mic work. Hopefully he finds himself a storyline where shit sticks because, you know, like I can never sit here and tell you, like oh, I could talk, you know, until I'm blue in the face out there on a fucking microphone, okay? Like it, it, that's not the point of what it is that we did. To a certain degree, there was days and times where I went out there on the microphone and it was a cold match, so it was a cold promo. And you don't want to see cold promos every week. You don't want to see a guy that just pops the crowd every week. You don't want to go for the cheap pop of like, oh, you know, like, uh, you know, you're one of those marks in the basement. Boo! You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you get that cheap pop right. by saying yeah. something like that. You use the word bitch and you get a huge pop from it because WWE implanted that in your brain when they entered into a PG era and they only use the word five times a year. So, I think that, you know, if the kid finds an opportunity to really, like, uh, go to that next level with promos of, like, blood feud rivalry shit where he's selling out a match with this, 
he's selling a match with just this because yeah. I know he can take a vertical suplex from the inside to the fucking outside. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, shit, this guy's probably the limit for him. You know? You're gonna like this one. This is from L. Lane. You're from Freehood, New Jersey. What do you say? That's it. Just you're, you're Freehood. No, no, no. You said it wrong. It's you're, you're. How you're, close Freehood to you? You're. I don't know that one too well, though. Can't I got me. one. Uh, we, man, we got so many in here. Gee, this is so amazing. Please keep these coming in. Uh, and Ninja Kid 64 said, you showed off your action figures earlier. So what's your favorite WWE action figure of yourself? Oh, bro, I don't have it. There's only one man in the world that has it, and I was supposed to get it at WrestleCon this year from his German ass. <laughs> He's in Germany. What is and it? And he's kidnapped the rarest wrestling action figure in the history of action figures. I don't know if people are aware of this, but I am literally the holy grail of wrestling action figures. Now, when I say that, I'll explain it to you because this shit goes deep, and you could ask Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins about it. They released the retro figures of these. Okay, uh, there you go. Yep. All right. They made a WWE line of these guys. Okay. They made an Enzo one. The guy who created it had one. The mold of the toy was painted and brought to Comic-Con. That was the only one that was ever made. Oh. All of the parts are gray, and someone that works at Mattel smuggled the gray body parts out of my toy to sell on the black market because, let's just be real, there needs to be a, a television show about the action figure underworld, bro. These people get big money, man. And I went out of my way to try to find that action figure and found out who had it. And the only guy that has the carbon copy that was brought to WrestleCon, not the one on the guy's desk, is in Germany. And I don't know how the fuck he got it, but he was going to give it to me. Should I agree to go to Germany to do an autograph signing and something else? Probably. Flight, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was I, I felt like I was getting blackmailed in this situation of sorts. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck are we talking about, bro? You know, like, not, I got to hop on a fucking 25-hour flight just to go get this goddamn toy? Like, come on, man. Let's like, let's work out. Let's find some common ground. You coming to WrestleMania? He said, yeah. I said, all right, I'll be there for you. I got a, you know, a, a game-worn pair of Jordans, you know, autograph with your name on them, bro. You know, action figures out the wazoo. I'll sign. I want that toy. So that is my goal, bro. I, I want that toy more than anything. <laughs> Well, this person seems to like your Elite 49 figure the best. I don't even know what that is. I don't care about the toys. I care about this one. This <laughs> guy. The one I played with as a kid. The one they made as a kid. Oh. All right. Jay Lane says, how hyped were you to come out and open SummerSlam in New York or in, in Brooklyn? Oh, I wish I could have been more prepared for it, bro. Um, the story goes... We were going out at 7, apparently, and I thought it was going to be 7.30, and I was just standing around, like, smoking my vape, talking to somebody at that time. And Big Cass and Jericho are like, yo, are you ready? I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, we go out in two minutes. What? So I sprint through the Barclays Center, get to the locker room, throw my jacket on, nearly, like, fall three times getting in and out of there. Didn't get my hair braided, which was always the plan, but I went out there with the hair that just fell. And, uh... When we got to the ring, 
Uh, me and Cass went ahead and got the company fined all sorts of money for copyright infringement, singing Biggie Smalls and Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was getting fired. After that shit, I got ripped such a new asshole, dude. Uh, we get out of the ring after opening SummerSlam, probably the career highlight of my life, wrestling Jericho in the opener of SummerSlam, coming through the curtain and getting murdered. Uh, just got you killed. You paid the and Cass was really, really bent out of shape about it. He was hurt. he was mentally broken from the thrashing we took that night when we came through Gorilla. Uh, the next day, Big Cass and I are in the opening of Monday Night Raw <laughs> with Stephanie McMahon, Kevin Owens, like Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, because Finn Balor tore his shoulder and had to forfeit the title and plans change on a drop of a dime and the guys that they made feel like they were getting fired are now in the opener and Cass is in this fatal four-way for the title I was, like, I was like I don't know what's going on here bro I'm just gonna ride this here roller coaster oh man it's crazy but uh yeah I was in the ring with those people that day that day and they were going fucking ape shit buck wild uh, <laughs> for that segment and i was just like beside myself this is a fascinating question here from curse of maynard any stories from your days as a piano mover oh wow yeah here's the thing about as a piano mover one time i was in new york city moving a piano uh with morristown movers oh mms morristown moving system still got some piano mover t-shirts laying around here with a bulldog with a piano on his back oh, that's great see the thing about piano moving is you're going to get paid like 40 50 an hour to do it that's why people do it but who is yeah. dumb enough to stand under a piano on a set of stairs right. not me but my best friends were, I'm on the front end. I got the crank straps and I'm at the top. This thing's falling down. I'm letting it go, bro. Sorry. <laughs> you know, you can't walk out of here. I'm never underneath. I got this psycho best friend who puts a shoulder underneath of it, puts his legs under it and climbs no. upstairs. While we have crank straps on the sides, it's like four people on each side. We had to take them up flights of stairs in Brooklyn, 45 steps, 60 steps, insane shit, right? Well, one time we were moving this piano. Okay, it was glass. It was Alicia Keys piano. and Or at least she played on it. I don't fucking know. I wasn't paying attention. I didn't care. It was a big, heavy piano. How to get moved. And um, this, like, millionaire, at this point in time, I remember, like, you know, I haven't, dude, I'm on moving trucks. Like, I haven't been hanging out with Drake yet. So, like, you know, like, life's a little different. And I haven't pursued my dreams yet. So I'm just in a mental state where I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? Fuck you. You know, like, like you think you're better than me. You know what oh, I'm saying? No. And uh, this millionaire was, was this like snooty woman who was into orchestras, you know, like imagine the people that are building out orchestras. Yeah. Okay? They got to get their piano moved. This is where we win. Now, if you're the people that are moving the piano, they are at your mercy. <laughs> And we lived for it. Meaning, you got this millionaire who wants this piano move. They talk to you some type of way. I've seen it done so many times by my friends, and I have been a part of it. You want to give us an attitude, my boy will be like, hey, listen, bitch, I'm picking up this piano, and I'm putting it down one time. So pick where you fucking want it. 
Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what are they going to do? They're at your mercy. Sure. Hey, listen, you want it over here or you want it over there, lady? Because if you don't tell me where you want it, it ain't going nowhere. And I'm not moving it twice. And I would see my crazy ass best friends like smoking cigarettes, dude. Like, you know, all juiced up at the Jersey Shore, like 2000 and like fucking three and two and four, five, six, seven, eight. These kids were wearing like guinea tees with the fucking Jersey blowout hair. You know what I mean? Chain smoking cigarettes, all juiced up, not for any other reason than to go down the shore and get laid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and work it, work and moving pianos. So, like, I came from that world. That's so much of what I bet based my character off of Enzo Amore was this real-life person named Mark Vishner, one of my best friends, Vishner. He is nuts. And I have quoted him on television more times than I can count on four hands. <laughs> I swear to God. And this guy is just a piano mover. That's all he does. And he lives for it because he lives for those moments where he could stop a millionaire dead in his tracks and they're at his mercy. You Gee. know what I mean? And then they're sucking his dick by the time he gets to the piano. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, we got less than five minutes here. Enzo, I want to thank you for joining us. This has been a lot of fun hanging out with you, hanging out with everyone here. Funny uh, oh, yeah. Chitra from my home country of Canada. It's not really a question. It just says, hey, Enzo, hope you're doing well, bud. Sending positive vibes your way. Can we just acknowledge how good of an interviewer CVV is? Well, that's just very nice. Well, thank oh, you. Oh, he just wanted to put himself over here. I'm just, I'm just reading the comments here. Be a couple more of those people. Come on. <laughs> but I do want to thank you. So thank you. Uh, match with Tomatonga is a question a lot of people are asking. Uh, I highly doubt it. You know, uh, there's you know, the thing about when you look at the scene of all these pro wrestlers, I am truly my own boss. I don't work for anyone. It's hard to come to agreements with, you know, like look at Tomatonga and say, okay, he works for new Japan. Mm-hmm. Look at AEW say, okay, Cody works for AEW. Look at WWE say Seth works for WWE. None of those three guys are wrestling Enzo Amore anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, as, as it stands right now, not to say that, you know, things couldn't have changed or I, we weren't working towards something or maybe plans changed or something, or maybe, you know, he want, you know, he wanted to fucking have a real fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll, I'll let y'all be the judge of that. And time will tell, uh, if, you know, I have a cross paths with the guy, um, what kind of energy is there? Let's see what else we got here. Are you into any band? That might surprise people. That's from Michael Vasquez. For sure. Uh, Kill Switch Engage. Very nice. Uh, I uh, People would be surprised to find out that uh, I don't listen to any new rap. Wow, I think that's, yeah, that's super surprising. I don't listen to any of it. Not a goddamn thing. And I'm not hating on it, but when you are writing music constantly or writing television treatments um you know and say i'm a writer that's what i do you know so if you ask me like how i'm making money and stuff like you know i'm a writer i pitch things i put things in i try to get work and uh and 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 that's what i enjoy doing so i enjoyed writing the promos that i delivered on tv um but i think it'll be more uh more enjoyable to see an idea that i create in my mind put on paper become a vision become a reality 
uh, you know, and, and if those opportunities lie around the corner, uh, you know, I had a major hiccup as we all did. You know, I'm, I'm quarantined in New Jersey because my parents live here. My sister lives here. My goddaughter, and it meant a lot to me to be in this place when this situation is going on. But you were in Los Angeles up until recently. I've been in Los Angeles the past three months working yeah. on some projects. Um, and, uh, you know, shout out um, shout out to Lorenzo Antonucci and uh, Ash Adelson and Rob Weiss. Uh, Rob Weiss, the executive vice, uh, producer of Ballers and Entourage. Um I've had unique conversations with these guys uh, about some incredible projects that hopefully we see come to life. Uh, Lorenzo's an awesome dude. He's been in a bunch of stuff. And the crazy thing about him is why I bring this up is because in 2011, uh, Ash Adelson, whose son, uh, whose dad is the director of Rocky One and, and, and oh, Stand By Me and, and these movies, big wrestling fan, Ash. Uh, owns Sumerian Records. Uh, uh, I, I'm a fan of Kill Switch, another band that if you're in that realm of world, you talk about Sworn Enemy. The lead guitarist for Sworn Enemy was Lorenzo Antonucci from Queens, New York. In 2011, Ash financed him to go learn how to be a pro wrestler at Rikishi's school. Wow. And his gimmick was Bing Bang Boom. Now imagine being Ash who financed this gimmick and turning on the TV and seeing Enzo Amore on TV. In <laughs> yeah. So that was one of the most surreal run-ins I've had. And I've had an opportunity to link with these people and become friends with them. And uh, I just think that story with Lorenzo is just outlandish to think that like, you're the real Enzo and you're right. from Queens, New York, where Cass is from. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> What did you think of your rivalry with Big Cass? That's from Cloud Kid 120. Had the potential to make millions of dollars for years and years. Uh, had things worked out differently, but everything works out for a reason. This is God's plan, so I don't, I don't ever question it, ever. I live and work and and breathe in, 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 in blind faith, just moving and letting life take its course, manifesting my own destiny in, in, in essence, you know? So the rivalry with Cass, I don't think it's over. Mm. In, uh, in pro wrestling, whenever you see two great tag teams, uh, listen, we don't want to... I'm not Marty, and he's not Sean. And I'm not Sean, and he's not Marty. And you could draw those comparisons when the two break up and go their separate ways. And I've heard it so many times... You know, we don't draw comparisons because the business has never seen anything like us two. There was a dynamic there where two men are out there on the microphone with these taglines and having these matches where the big guy's seven foot tall in the corner and the little guy's getting his ass kicked and telling that story as tag team. Real storytelling. It's not about the wrestling moves. It's just Enzo's down and he needs to get to that guy. You know, yeah, that's the easiest story ever. So don't reinvent the wheel. It was a dynamic and a dichotomy that can't be uh, matched again. I think uh, in just like anything, you know, they appreciate you when you're gone. And the longer you're gone, the more they'll learn to appreciate what it is that you were able to accomplish. Rather than look at the downfall, you know, do we ever give the people an opportunity to see a comeback again? To see us reunite? We did. And if you're a mark, you didn't appreciate it. Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor in New Japan. Yeah. The greatest, one of the greatest heel, one of the greatest heel 
moves in the history of a wrestling world. I mean, you sold out Madison Square Garden for the first time as a non-McMahon, non-McMahon in 60 years. Enzo and Cass got booked. We have not been together in two years. You haven't seen us in two years. So when we do reunite in front of your very eyes and the TVs are not filming it for television because we understand that we are in a new world creating a literal movement that's never been done before you're going to go viral viral is more important trending is more important than any of the numbers and buys on this pay-per-view right now to get them talking about everything that's in this the marketing mechanism behind that you can't pay enough money to trend number one in the world you can't get that so when we when i do survivor series and it leads to the reuniting of enzo and cast in madison square garden and you hear, fuck you, Enzo, fuck you, Cass, in front of 30,000 people that have never, we've never wrestled in front of in our lives. This isn't New Japan. This isn't New Japan. Yeah. This isn't Ring of Honor. We've never wrestled for you. But everyone in this arena knows who we are. And 30,000 people have us trending number one in the world over March Madness, over all, of, you know, Bret Hart getting attacked at the Hall of Fame, over the Hall of Fame in general, over WWE over the G1 Classic itself, over New Japan, over all of these things. We literally executed a master plan that had us walk in the side of Madison Square Garden at 8.30 and out of the building by 8.45. Wow. All right? Out the side building. Every one of the boys got worked in the back. Every single person in the, in the in, on camera, every single person that was on commentary, people legitimately hated me for it. I got booked to do a job, and it was a reuniting. That's what it was. That's why it trended number one, because Enzo and Cass just got back together, and for the first time in two years, you see it. And, you know, we never got saw in a picture together. At, you know, we were hanging out for months trying to get Cass upright, on his feet, clean, sober living, and we were working towards that goal behind closed doors and curtains, trying to get him in a position and me in a position to make this monumental comeback and do this good business. And unfortunately, you know, uh, the plans went off the rails uh, due to, you know, you can put, you can point fingers in every direction, but they, for me, I got whatever, I, everything and more I wanted out of that moment. You don't do those things. Listen, I was watching the match last night with mankind and Shawn Michaels. There's a point in the match where mankind gets shot into the buckle, reverses it, Sean runs into the second rope, gets onto the second rope to do a cross body, jump off of it, right? Mick Foley just walks back to the other buckle. He's not there to catch him. So what does Sean do? He walks back over to Mick Foley, and they start shooting on each other, hitting what look like stiff shots. Right. All the boys in the back are up off their ass, like, oh, shit. What the <laughs> fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. They planned that out in the back before the match. No way. Let me let me pretend to blow a spot so that we work the boys. That's the level of thinking I'm on. I'm not even thinking about the fucking fans at all because I know if you fool Vince, if you fool the boys, if you fool, then you fool the world. Mm. Then you fool Dave Meltzer, no problem. You understand? I got you. So that was a reuniting that was booked by two guys that, that that came in, collaborated on a plan. And to me, that 
you know, had it not been for Cass, you know, having hiccups thereafter and dealing with those nuances of life, I could have really sat back and enjoyed that as the greatest moment of my career. I mean, this is our hour. Do you want to answer one more question before we wrap things up? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is actually just a nice comment from somebody you'll appreciate. Angel Rojas. Hey, Enzo, what's up? I still got that bandana you gave me with your grandmother's lips. When I met you, you gave it to me off your leg. Much love. Do you remember that? Uh, was that in New York City? I don't know. This is Angel Rojas. Oh, man. I, th it was either I, I think so, man. You know, I... I, I <clears throat> I have a thing, you know, where I, where, uh, where I, when I meet fans, if I don't have something on me, you know what I mean? Like, I'll just give them the shoes off my feet. No <laughs> way. I mean, I did, uh, I literally, man, I did a charity last year for a shoe drive in Philadelphia with Suplex Philadelphia, a sneaker store, shout them out. And um, on that Suplex Philadelphia uh, thing, I ended up at the Boys and Girls Club at the end of it giving out these shoes. And right as I'm walking out the door, man, this kid stops me and he's like, hey, man, like those shoes on your feet. Was, he was like eight or nine, you know, and I'm like looking at my feet, bro. And it's Christmas time. So I got like these these Christmas sneakers that have Santa Claus all over them. They're so cool. And I wore them in New Jersey at uh, the Prudential Center when we had uh, raw there one night. My God damn. I took them off and I drove home from Philadelphia to New Jersey barefooted, you know. Oh my God! But he was with his brother, so I gave him one shoe and I gave the other one. I was like, "You guys are gonna have to share this." <laughs> and I had already lost my Yeezys that day that I had in my car that were just in my car because a kid had hit me on the way out. And he was like, "Hey, bro, you got any more shoes? I didn't get any." I'm like, "Oh, let me see if I got some in my car." Man, Yeezys, and I was like, "Fuck, here you go, kid." You know, Thank what, you, what for you like, like, dude, I have hundreds of pairs of shoes. And by the time I was done wrestling, bro, I was throwing one in one side of the aisle and one in the other because I didn't want to see him pop up on eBay. Jeez. Thank you for being the realest guy. And it's not just a gimmick. But thank you for being as real as you are. Got to be, man. I don't understand, uh, you know, how you can be any other way, man. See, it's, it's, it's easy. Actually, I do. It's easy. It's easy to lie. It's easy to lie. But if you ask people about me, backstage or in the past you know i got a lot of heat for the person i was on stage with that microphone now you gotta remember when we're in nxt i had to do promos two three days a week hmm. if not once a week guaranteed to other people that i work with in front of no fans just like wrestlemania okay hmm. and no one ever saw those promos. But you want to talk about burying people. I buried every motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bro, me and Big Cass would go last in promo class and wait for everybody else to be done so that we could do our promo based on theirs. No. Oh, wow. And we went last every week. Dusty Rhodes was my mentor, and he loved it. And that's what I lived for, was doing those things. I got a lot of heat for that shit. I got a lot of people to genuinely dislike me because of the things I was saying. You know what I mean? If you're a dude with bitch tits and I'd straight up go, hey, you know, you got, got a little fucking, you know, a little heavy nipple hanging out of there. I can see the bitch in your heart. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
You know, you're just calling people out and everybody in the room turns and looks at him and they see that heavy nipple hanging out of his shirt or over his fucking you know, bra strap. And you're like, oh, shit, everybody in the room laughs. That guy hates you for life. All right. All right. All right. I was a roast comedian who got under people's skin on in promo class on the microphone on television. But if you if you ask Dash and Dawson about working Enzo Amore, you ask Kalisto, you ask Cedric Alexander. One of the easiest guys you could ever work in pro wrestling. <laughs> Ask your boy Brian Pillman Jr. I will. Um, you have nothing but great things to say about you. Uh, when I get in that ring, um, I love to have a good time, and I have no problem laying down for anybody, giving whatever business I do on the microphone back tenfold. I think people need to remember that this is pro wrestling, and it's not real life, okay? Right. So if I'm cutting promos, and I can make you think this is real in Madison Square Garden. If I can cut a promo talking about Tama on the internet and brew up a, a, a river of shit, you know, I, you got to remember, like, damn, boy, I'm good at this shit. <laughs> you are. And this has been fun. This has been a fun hour hanging out with you, the quarantine Q&A. As we wrap things up, what do you uh, want to plug? What do you want to tell people about? Um, Triller. Uh, how you doing podcast uh, coming at you soon. Whenever I get to LA again, it'll be in studio. You can well, I'll be moving to LA as soon as you get out there too. This is this see this things line up for a reason. You know, I got a wrestling show at the comedy store. Okay. Now if the world loves comedy, which I know they do and they love roast comedians and they have ever laughed at one line I used on television. I assure you, the card that I put together with the store horsemen, Tony Hinchcliffe and Chris Burns and Matt Edgar and these guys at the Comedy Store in Los Angeles, California, the first ever wrestling ring in a fucking comedy store. That's crazy. I don't think people understand the history of this place. You're talking about every comedian that you ever watched and loved, every sitcom actor that you ever watched and loved. This is where they had to, to run, learn the ropes. Yeah. Of comedy. Joe Rogan talks about it all the time on his podcast. Joe Rogan has a stake in the comedy story. He owns it. So I had to get the okay from Joe Rogan to put a wrestling ring in the comedy story. Oh, okay? no. Okay. Yes. Wow. This is real life. So me and Brian Pillman Jr., how you doing? You know, young buck. Uh, you know, that was the second second stab he took at the pie. But, you know, he, he walked away with nothing that day. Uh, you know, he took a third stab at it in Qatar for QPW. That fight's on Fight TV. Uh, you know, he did hit me with a one-hitter quitter, but I popped back up uh, as resilient as I am. You know, I'm as quick as cat and the fast as a feline and I in line, all right? <laughs> uh, so, you know, we, we got wrestling show at the World Famous Comedy Store. Whenever we launch that second one, please just pay attention to, uh, you know, social media by following me at Real One, uh, Real Space One on YouTube. Get ready for the launch of uh, more content as we're all under quarantine. Um, you know, my people at the podcast recently hit me up. They will be working in collaboration with the world famous comedy store. People like Tony Hinchcliffe um, and, you know, Triller. And uh, there's exciting prospects of becoming a superhero in the near future for myself as well. Uh, and, and if you know me, uh, that is Spider-Man, Spider-Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. I, I am uh, thrilled at the prospect of uh, getting back into live action on screen but not having to break my back, uh, you know, so, um, 
Will you ever see me wrestle again? I'll answer that question now. I have no fucking idea. You know, if Pillman Jr. calls me up because he's got some hot shot promoter on the other side of the world and nobody's in quarantine, I say, brother, I got a good payday, you know, uh, great opportunity to meet some new kids and inspire some people. You got to remember when you go to Qatar, there has never been a pro wrestler from Qatar. Mm. So if you offer me an opportunity, you have to phrase it correctly. I am the realest guy in the room. If you tell me I have an opportunity to get in a wrestling ring and meet a bunch of children that are one of those people in that crowd is going to be the first wrestler from Qatar. Why? Because of that wrestling show that was put on that day. Right. And if I get an opportunity to do that and get in the ring with the likes of a rookie of the year who, uh, you know, uh, can learn from a grizzled young veteran like myself, uh, I'm always gang. <laughs> thank you again for joining us hope you uh, stay well be well be healthy enzo uh, i appreciate your time i know everybody else that's watching this appreciates it as well yeah how did you see all them comments and things i have them up on my screen you don't have them on your screen man i'm on the phone bro that's great dude i don't fucking see them. i haven't seen a single comment well, i've been i've been picking them and putting them on the screen but there's been hundreds of them so we'll have to do this again sometime maybe we'll do it on your podcast badass man i would love to thank you so much brother take it easy dog all right be well thank you well there it is my friend thanks for joining me and enzo for that live q a this was one of six q a's that we did we also did them with kelly kelly which has already been uploaded here Ryback, Zicky Dice, Lillian Garcia, and Ken Shamrock. All of those will be uploaded here on the podcast at some point over the next week or so. I, did, I just didn't want to dump them all out at the same time because then you wouldn't listen to them. So we spread them out, you know, then you actually have a chance to listen to them and to catch up. And we're still doing the interviews at least once a week. Uh, yes, they're virtual interviews right now because, you know, how else can we do these interviews? with all the measures that are in place, but they're virtual interviews. But yes, the interviews do not stop because wrestling does not stop. And with that said, can you believe WrestleMania starts tonight? Yeah, crazy, right? It just doesn't feel like WrestleMania season. There was, you know, the buildup just isn't there with the empty arena shows, but I'm glad it's continuing. I know there, you know, I know that people sit on either side of the aisle with this opinion, but I'm glad it's continuing. It's the tiny little glimmer of normalness in our lives while everything else in the world is being canceled. I was actually supposed to be in Tampa right now doing some interviews, doing some stuff at WrestleCon, as well as ring announcing for Ethan Page's Body Guy Extravaganza show and hosting at Sammy Callahan's Pancakes and Pile Drivers. Obviously, none of that's happening, uh, but this is going to go down in history. Not just this WrestleMania, but just this time in general is going to go down in history. And as Bob Goff says, embrace uncertainty. Some of the most beautiful chapters in our lives won't have a title until much later. There we go. Embrace it. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one.